Genre. Welcome back to the Doctor's Companion, the weekly podcast where we review and discuss every episode of Doctor Who, one doctor at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And I'm Nick Jimenez. And today on the show, we'll be discussing the Pyramid at the End of the World, the seventh episode of Series 10. Uh, written by Stephen Moffat and Peter Harness, directed by Daniel uh, Netheim or, hmm. or Netham. Um uh, this is sort of uh, this episode, and you can tell this is an episode that is sort of a, it's like a reunion of sorts of the Zygon two-parter because it's the same director and it's the same writers involved. Oh. Um, so this definitely not, feels and, like that episode from and last And if I'm season. not mistaken, that guy solo by himself also wrote Kill the Moon? Yeah, in okay. series nine, yeah. Okay. Oh, because like I, I also I don't know. I think it's super. I have a lot to say about this episode, but I, I think watching this one really solidified, um, what this gentleman's vision of Doctor Who is, and it's just super fascinating. Mm, it's it's okay. unlike any. I mean, it's just so. I don't know. I, I I can't wait to hear what everyone thought about about this episode. Yeah, I mean, I I I I feel like his view of of Doctor Who. See, I I don't. I don't feel like Kill the Moon. Kill the Moon doesn't. It feels like an outlier to these other two episodes. To me. I guess. Well, I guess with with me when I think when I uh, all the talk about like consent and like a pl- like no, it has to be your responsibility. It can't be that. Like all of that gave me a lot of like Kill the Moon vibes. Oh hmm. yeah. I guess like, I could see that. This dude just really loves <laughs> quandaries about whose responsibility. Uh. Like in a uh, uh, cosmic landmass is, yeah. I guess, <laughs> I guess that's true. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I, I I feel like this episode is sort of you know much like the Zygon two parter. It's it feels like Doctor Who on an mm-hmm. on a on a you know it's grounded on Earth. Uh, however, it's on a scale that we don't often see uh, in, in Dr. Who mm-hmm. just in general, like it's sort of on a movie scale. Like I can, I could see this as like, if they made a Dr. Who uh, feature film, mm-hmm. I could see it being in this, this, this sort of style with these sort of stakes. Mm-hmm. Um I remember, I I, th- yeah. I would think that I wouldn't like the president of the world thing, uh, and it's growing on me. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, and and for that reason, but also more, it also I, I remember when Death in Heaven first came out, the three of us, or at least I I remember being super kind of into the whole like Dan Brown by way of Doctor Who, yeah, thing, where it was like an international, like you know, like like different 
country countries coming involved and like the doctor having to deal with like bureaucracy and world government in a really mm-hmm. yeah it was it, it 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 was very much in that style and it was cool seeing that again uh there are other things yeah. in the episode that weren't as cool but that 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 part it was cool <laughs> revisiting that style of of the show cuz it's it's such a malleable show as we keep Well I think it's I mean, we talk a lot about how Peter Capaldi is very much like Tom Baker, but I feel like this uh, three-parter, or at least the two parts that we've seen, and the Zygon two-parter are like if John Pertwee was made today and was given, like, a budget. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Which I really like. Mm-hmm. And, like, was it in charge of just, like, this bunker out in the woods? Right, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's really uh, I, I I really like the tone of this a lot, and and it's just because I I think that it's different yeah. from everything that we've we've ever gotten. It's interesting because when you look at this and and um you know there was a big shift from Russell T Davies to Stephen Moffat, and so like when you compare even the 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 end of. Uh, uh, the end of time versus the eleventh hour. Mm-hmm. Just just those two episodes back to back feel so different. Um, but when you look at Russell T. Davies in general, like the end of time and Rose, really don't. I mean, th- those feel like the same show. They don't feel like um, they're completely different. But the eleventh hour and this, yeah, feels like it feels like this is a different showrunner, and. I think that's really interesting considering, you know, and we, we've been talking a lot about this, but considering where Stephen Moffat brought the show in like season six and seven, where it really just felt like he was grinding his gears. Right. Um, this just feels like he's realizing how malleable this show is mm-hmm. um, in tone and everything else. And I'm, I'm just really impressed with uh, how this Capaldi era of the show is so comfortable just switching tones at the drop of a hat mm-hmm. um, episode to episode. I while think it's still, I think it's really impressive. Yeah, and while still echoing the past, I mean, like, like Cassandra said, this does sort of have the soul of, like, that Pertwee era. Yeah. yeah. Where it's, like, where the Doctor doesn't have... You know, I, I think I think the cool thing about the Pertwee era, from what little I've seen, is like it, it's cool seeing the Doctor have a very sh- tight leash, mm-hmm. like this cosmic, almost godlike being that does have to deal with like the 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 red tape and, uh, you know the the you know military industrial mindset. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So that that being said, I guess I'll be the one to say it. Uh, I thought. The weakest part of this episode was just that it 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 it's super suffered from middle middle chapter syndrome. Mm. For me, at least, I thought compared to part one, I just thought it was a lot less exciting. Um, it was just kind of like watching all the pieces move on a board, hmm. and hmm. I thought the ending. I mean, the ending was compelling and and stuff. But yeah, I mean, I, I just I was watching this being like, wow, they're really saving all the the monk stuff for week three, I guess. I don't know. Mm. Or it, 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 I don't know. It, it felt, it felt very, I, I felt the build up a lot on this one. Yeah. Hmm. What about you, Cass? I, I mean, I agree that this was a lot of build up, but I enjoyed it 
for that reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't necessarily really like act twos for the most part. Um, sure. Like I think that in a trilogy of stories, like the second one is generally the weakest on some level, but I thought mm-hmm. that this was a really cool change of pace and I kept forgetting that it was a three-parter. So I was like, okay, well, well how are they going to solve this? And then it ends. And I was like, oh, yeah, there's another part. So I think part of that was just me forgetting that the resolution wasn't going to happen, like, immediately. Mm-hmm. So the tension the whole time was just like, oh, my God, like, how are they going to oh, right. figure yeah, this out? Yeah, they're really the odds right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I really like this a lot. I I feel uh i I guess i didn't feel the middle chapter syndrome that you guys felt it actually to me this just felt like um it 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 feels like it's less the second part and a three-part story as it did just sort of like another chapter in an arc with these monk things Mm -hmm. um it doesn't it doesn't feel like i mean i'm sure once we get to the end of next week's episode We'll we'll feel more like oh okay I see what the arc of the or like what the what the narrative thread was but this feel felt like a completely different adventure that the monks just happened to be also a part of um you know like the example that I'm thinking of to go back to the John Pertwee era is how there's that season where every episode the master is the villain and it's not like it's telling one story it's just that every episode the master is the villain right Right. Um, sort of like a classic 80s the cartoon villain yeah yeah a little bit and that's that's kind of more how this felt like to me Mm -hmm. Um, this felt like a completely different storyline uh than the first episode to the point where when the when the pyramid opened and the monks were in it i was a little disappointed because i i kind of half expected like I thought, there. I thought the pyramid was going to end up being a TARDIS, and the master was in there. Oh, um, dude! See, <laughs> see, and, me and too. I thought, I thought for sure there was going to be a joke where they go inside, and there's a TARDIS in there, and mm-hmm. somebody says, "Oh, it's smaller on the inside." Um, <laughs> see, I because almost, I thought that would be hilarious. Yeah, I, I, it's it's funny that you say that because I almost felt like I wanted to watch this episode again, or I kind of I I wish I had known more, which never happens to me with with Doctor Who. Because I too was expecting uh, a lot more like master stuff, uh-huh. and you know halfway through I'm like, oh, this is so clearly not supposed to be about that, and it kind of like reset my expectations. Because mm-hmm. I was, I guess I'm still like, I don't know what I forget what we're supposed to know about this three parter. Yeah, I I forget that we're just not supposed to know that like that the master plays a very mm, potentially a very heavy part in this story yeah i mean it's entirely possible though that when they said that the master team-up story is a three-part story maybe they weren't even talking about this story maybe there's another three-part yeah. of this season <laughs> like the lead up uh, to the finale yeah maybe i mean I, I you know who knows i just heard three-part story and i knew this was a three-part story yeah so i assumed and and mm-hmm. then it didn't help that that Missy was in part one, right? Yeah. Um. And so I was like, oh, okay. So this is the master three parter. But then there's no master stuff in this episode, and not just in part one, but kind of like their relationship was the emotional crux of that episode, right? Yeah. Right. 
So I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, maybe, maybe the master three-parter is another set of episodes and mm. this is really just a story about these, these monks. Well, um, one thing that I thought was very interesting, um, kind of carrying over a theme from this episode, this episode, I mean, for the theme from this season, uh, this episode starts with the doctor contemplating uh, the finality and inevitability of death. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there and then, like you know, there was that promo image of uh, I don't know if we want to, I don't know if we want to go into that because it's such like a big. I'm surprised it was in the image or like in the teaser, but uh, I don't know. Like they're they're really kind of I'm getting a lot of uh, ten running towards Rose vibes. Um, how do you mean? I don't know. Like I feel like they're really hinting that he's going to regenerate soon. Oh, oh, um. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like I feel like Russell the way that Russell T did that was the wrong way of right. of doing it. Um but I just think bitching that, about it for like a year. Yeah. <laughs> uh but I think this is the correct way. Yeah. to do that where you're using it to your advantage where you know that everyone knows that the doctor is going to regenerate this season. And so you're using that to your advantage by sort of giving everyone the feeling that it could happen at any moment. Right. Yeah. And like, well, like, and, and then also like, well, let, like, let, let's have the doctor talk about death. Like, what does the doc, yeah. what does this doctor think about death? And I think it's so interesting that Ten had such like a negative ego death image of like, no, I can't not exist. I'm so handsome and my cheekbones, like, I, I, I can't not exist anymore. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Which is like a very human way to handle death but huh. i like he was the, a very human doctor he was a very human doctor and i like the 12 meditates i like that he has kind of like a zen sort of like no like what does it matter like what's even even me i'm just like one citizen of this friggin' ocean of cosmos yeah. that i that i that i live in no i really liked i really liked that scene because i think it was like a clever way to show more of 12's character but it was also a good use of dramatic irony like we were talking about with the impending season ending because everyone knows that he's gone but he doesn't know it yet so Mm -hmm. i really liked that it's like metagaming as a way of learning more about your character's emotions which i think Mm -hmm. yeah i i I think it's a really smart way to do this and i and i and i love this feeling of sort of existential dread that this season has while still maintaining you know, you're that sort of like fun Doctor Who uh, tone. Yeah, like this was kind of a dark episode, but it didn't mm-hmm. feel like oppressively dark. Right. Right. Like it, it dealt with some pretty serious like like I mean, just the, the monk's idea of like what consent, you know, it's like, well, like, you know, well, this is not a strategy. Strategy is not consent. I thought that was like such a like. It, it's like when you meet a new alien in Star Trek and you're like, whoa, like that's how do you work? <laughs> you know, like, yeah no i i and i i really did like the discussion of consent and uh and 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 all of that i mean it it did uh, you know now that now that you had pointed it out it does have a lot in common with kill the moon because you know there there's there's an argument to be made that if kill the moon was about you know being pro-choice or pro-life um uh, there's an argument to be made that this is about 
like actual consent, like sexual consent mm-hmm. um, to a certain extent. And then the argument that they're making, if you view it through that, mm-hmm. that only love is consent. And it's like, oh, <laughs> Oh, (laughs) and you know, I I think there's, I'd have to watch it again to see if that's really laced through there. Um, but it's, it's interesting that this guy is using uh, such a loaded word. Yeah. That he's using, that he's using Dr. Who to, to tell these sort of like loaded, uh, Mm. social issue. Yeah. Is that Uh, a social issue? I don't know what you would call it. Yeah. And like, and Um, I remember, and I remember all three of us really liked that in the Zygon two-parter mm-hmm. um, and how it kind of foreshadowed kind of still what we're dealing with today in, in, in historically. And, you know, I don't think it's a coincidence that this is the episode that canonically confirmed that uh, in the universe of the show kind of continuing, like we still have the same president as we do in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think maybe that uh, Peter Harness is getting better at writing the show. Definitely. I mean, this uh, is, and I think he's yeah. getting better at these metaphors that he's interested in writing about. Mm-hmm. I think it helps that Stephen Moffat is co-writing with him yeah. now yeah. because I think I think he's reining him in a little bit. Well, yeah. that's uh, the that's the thing though cuz like Kill the Moon is like only like that hit that he's the sole credit on Kill the Moon. Mm-hmm. Right. And the Zygon two-parter and this are with Stephen Moffat. So I'm interested mm-hmm. to see how much of the script is Peter Harness and how mm. much of it is Moffat. I really hope that he just, I would love to see him in the, in the Chibnall era just to see what that would be like. I mean, I, I, I don't even know what the Chibnall era is. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. so, like, so it's hard to even say if I want him involved. I don't know. <laughs> I, I guess I just want to see him. I want, I would like to see him write another episode solo and see if that is better than kill the moon. Cause I mm-hmm. feel like, I feel like if we're just talking about um, the issue of consent and what that means in a broader context, I feel like that is very heavy handed, which is kind of what reminds me of Kill the Moon. Yeah, but I agreed. I it's crazy to think that Moffat is the one that is tempering a script, um, considering, you know, crazy, wacky Moffat antics. Uh, Sure. But. That's why I'm really curious about, like, was it a story concept? Was there, like, multiple drafts? Like, what happened with the co-writing of this? Mm-hmm. But if if I had... If, if Scott was a if betting I, man. Yeah, if I was a betting <laughs> man, if I had to put money on this, I would say that they were not true co-writers. Mm-hmm. I would say that Peter Harness wrote a draft... And Stephen Moffat was like, oh, no, we're not doing Kill the Moon again. Oh, 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 oh. He, he read the word consent and he was like, I'm not doing this again. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And cause, because, I mean, Kill the Moon was torn apart by critics. Yes. Um, yeah. uh, because of the, the heavy handedness of that, yeah. that argument. Um, and, uh, and, and I think Stephen Moffat heard that loud and clear and was like, no, 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 I'm trying to. I'm trying to fix this. Like I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to fix doing stuff like this. Like I don't want to do this anymore. So, so like, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with the, a metaphor, especially in science fiction. I right. think that's, that's a, a correct way of doing it, but you do need to make it a little less heavy handed yeah. than right. it was in and, Kill the Moon. And especially now that I've gone back and watched 
you know, the the or the birth of this show, the and kind of gone further. I mean, like, you know, every doctor, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, but eight, nine, but <laughs> ten, ten, eleven, eleven. Let's 12. keep going. Let's keep going. But <laughs> the idea, you know, the fact is Doctor Who was never the Twilight Zone. It was it was it was always a goofy quasi-educational children's show Mm -hmm. and knowing that now i still think that it's important and vital that science fiction deal with like what's going reflect on what's going on today but it has to be in a way that feels honest to the soul of doctor who and i think this one did way more than kill the moon yes Mm -hmm. i agree i agree um also what this had that uh kill the moon didn't have um was a shot of uh of of monks flying a plane um (laughs) which gave me so much joy when they just randomly cut to the monks flying a plane i was like this is that's incredible so i i okay maybe i was just watching this way too late at night but did they like become the pilots did they turn into the monks no the pilots um that was a different plane were like beamed into the pyramid and then they. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. There's the way that was they stole they they hijacked the plane and took it for a joyride. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, the only thing the only thing that could have been better is if it was Daleks flying a plane. Oh yeah. my gosh! And one of them was wearing a little pilot hat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. Requesting permission to land. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think this little kid here wanted this to say hi. This is your pilot speaking. <laughs> Thanks for flying us so safely. Take a little plastic pin and wear it. <laughs> You're a good boy. <laughs> um, so we did see some carryover from from uh, last week's episode. We saw the return of Bill's uh, love interest. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I love that um, callback to like the Pope walking in and this time it was friggin like the UN security team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and and I was just very happy that they brought her back because uh, it, you know, you, 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 you got invested last week. And you, you did. Yeah. You, and then and then she rightfully walked into a room with a bunch of religious figures and ran away. Arguably um, the religious figure. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. And and uh and I totally that makes that totally makes sense that you would do that. But I was afraid that we weren't gonna see her again. So I was really happy that they yeah. sort of control alt deleted that. Um and it was also kind of a really nifty way of m- kind of metagaming and telling the audience what exactly the ramifications of like the world being a computer simulation last week. Yeah. You know, like, well, by, like this is, by the way, this is, th- these are the specifics of that twist. Yeah. Like this really happened, but this didn't really happen. Quote really happen. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I really like that. Um, she seems thing, down though. Yeah. Yeah. The, the other <laughs> thing that I really liked in this story. So, so one of the things that I was sort of taken with, Mm-hmm. And it's something we've talked a ta- we've talked a lot about this season, but the thing that I was really taken with watching this episode is this season of Doctor Who is so inclusive. Yeah, mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. is like it is at a level that I don't know that the show has ever done before. Um, yeah, 
you know, I... the fact that the fact that we had a sort of, you know, and, and the show has in throughout its history has done this off and on, but the sort of um, would be companion as a little person and the fact that the fact that she's a little person never comes into play and a scientist and yeah and she's a scientist yeah and a better scientist than her hungover partner right yeah <laughs> yeah who who she never really shames for being hungover she just is like oh here's some coffee let's yeah. talk about whatever yeah. and like no one no one even brings up that she's a little person it's just that they hired an actress who happened to be a little person to play this role as a scientist and i just was look i was just watching this sort of in awe of yeah that like, fact mm-hmm. yeah. cuz there's a there's a thing i i've been thinking a lot about this cuz i'm you know, I've been I've been writing a lot lately. I've been working on like a bunch of not it sounds so douchey, but you know, I've, I've I've been working on a few different things at at once, and so mm-hmm. I've been thinking a lot about casting. You know, who do I want to play this? And I think that there's a what a lot of like my straight white friends, male friends that I I love with all my heart, but I think that the the miscommunication when it comes to in- inclusivity in casting or inclusivity in storytelling is a lot and like the mind and it's kind of not their fault because it's just like culture but they when the when a character isn't a white male you almost have to explain why <laughs> yeah uh-huh you know where it's like well why wouldn't it be a white guy well it had to be she had to be she had to have dwarfism and she had to be a woman because only then would the, would her blood have done the no it's just sometimes things happen to people that aren't male and white yeah <laughs> and, and, and and i know that sounds <laughs> that's that's the best way of because sometimes things happen to people who aren't male and white yeah <laughs> that's the best way to explain <laughs> that that's the only argument you ever need oh that's yeah. wonderful and and so like i thought yeah and like when you know, when when she when that character showed up, I thought it was yeah, she was just a really interesting character. I liked how she didn't interact with the doctor at all until the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, you just kinda I, I remember at one point being like, How is this gonna fit in? And then when it did, you were like, Oh, that's so mm-hmm. cool. And I, I hope that she because you don't think she she died. yeah, I would be interested to see if she shows up in part three. Yeah. I mean, he he basically offered her a companion spot. He's like, yeah. what are you doing after this? Really quickly. Like, super yeah. quickly. Yeah, but he always does that with That's companions. True. It's That's always true. a pretty quick... Because he, he can tell. He can tell. That's very true. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and I just... I, I, I really liked her character a lot. Mm-hmm. I thought she was... Um, she was like... I don't know. She was just like really chill. Uh, but... but just the way that she reacted to certain things. Yeah. I, she, I really liked like when her glasses were broken, she just like, <sighs> like <laughs> I was like, yeah, I feel you. Like, I get, yeah. I get or, that. Or just, or just when like, when the virus or whatever got out and everyone else was like running around, she was like, Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. What, what was the guy's name? Douglas. She was like, Oh, yeah. Douglas. He was Douglas. dead already. Right. Um, speaking oh, of Douglas, one of my, you done? one of my favorite, uh, uh, one of my favorite like character actors uh, popped up in this uh, Togo Igawa uh, mm. as the as the uh, UN like assistant general. He's a really cool Japanese actor that pops up and like he was in Speed Racer. He was in he's really good in a movie called Everly. Uh, 
with Salma Hayek. And and no, it's it's not every day that I recognize Doctor Who. I almost see like Doctor Who as like its own little universe. Mm-hmm. So like when I see an actor from the outside world, I'm like, oh hey, they got a <laughs> they got mm-hmm. a person. And um <laughs> someone, I forgot who, but I think Douglas was a main cast member in the thick of it. And mm, that also that sounds right. And I was yeah. like, oh hey, from freaking yeah, but but he was dead before, yeah, I know. before <laughs> the doctor showed yeah. up, so there was no uh, thick of it reunion. No, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I. Uh, the other thing that this, you know, what this episode reminded me a lot of, and I'm just now realizing, um, it really does, and and I'm sure this is not actually the case. It's probably just a case of of uh, two simultaneous thought processes or whatever. Sure. But it reminds me a lot of Arrival. Oh yeah, yeah. Just like the like discovery and mm-hmm. like the world, like world leaders having to come together mm-hmm. and deal with something. Mm-hmm. Um, I also really liked the speaking of the world leaders. The all the world leaders agreeing like not to fight. Uh, they were literally just using Bill and Ted rules. And it's funny we brought this up on on Back to the Future minute, but they were like they were literally just using Bill and Ted rules like, "Okay, so we promise not to fight." Okay. So everything should be fine. No, it's not. Oh. oh no. Like <laughs> I just I just love that they're like they're like, "Okay, I promise like I'm going to come back and I'm going to help myself in the future when I build a time machine." Right. Right now. And you're like, oh, oh, yeah, they're <laughs> Just, yeah, so such funny. a tr- such a trusting system. Well, I think no. I think that also like speaks to the egotism of people in power. Like they assume that like they were the issue, so they're like, oh, well, you know, if we shake hands, it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. We won't all uh, die. Right. Yeah, totally. And that wasn't the that wasn't the problem, right? So I thought that was really funny. Um, and so what did you? Uh, I, I don't know if we want to talk about like the ending yet. Uh, yeah, no, I think, I think we're, I think we're just about there. Yeah. Um, I thought that was, just, I thought going back to Tenet, I thought that it, it really echoed like mm-hmm. finding Wilt in the chamber mm-hmm. where it was just so like, oh, such a human mistake. Mm-hmm. And again, talking about hubris, I, I, th- I was almost, it was almost going to be a negative note how 12 was a little bit 11 this week. He was a little like high off his own supply. But then when it came back, I was like, oh, that's exactly what they were doing. That's so good. Mm-hmm. Like, here yeah. He, yeah, he's got it all figured out except the one thing he'd overlooked. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, though, that uh, and and I love that it was set up earlier with the with the, the screen with the picture of the pyramid. Oh, yeah. And he was like, who needs eyesight? Yeah, well, the, well, because no, 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 because because he oh, okay. does that, and then the guy is like, is like, I mean, well, you're here because of this, and he shows him an iPad, and he's like, you're gonna have, can you oh, describe right, yeah, to yeah. me, like in your own words, yeah. in your own words, that says, yeah, yeah, and so uh, it's like a setup for that payoff of I can't see the numbers, mm-hmm. um, which I will, I'm, I, I will say that is that that security <laughs> system is uh, like. What I know, right? It looked like a toy. Like, yeah. Like, it, it's yeah. I, I guess they aren't like this. Probably wasn't the most well-funded bureau of 
Yeah. What? I was like, I was like, you got to have better security precautions than a briefcase. Yeah. Also, like, can we talk about the fact that it was going to vent into the atmosphere if it's supposed to be a sterile system? Like, that's not how that works. <laughs> yeah. Like, was, like he was just going to leak out into yeah. freaking Great Britain and just like sterilize everyone. <laughs> I just assume that's what happens every time. Uh, just, yeah. Uh, so. There's some other there. There was some other stuff that I was like, "Oh, that was it." I want to talk about that. Um, but I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, but anyway, that that I I loved that uh, that moment as the sort of um, uh, you know, sort of payoff to the oh. doctor being blind. I thought mm-hmm. that was really good, Speaking and I of- and I loved I loved that um, uh, Bill saves him and that that is the moment of consent and that that not only is it the payoff of him being blind but it's also like his his mistake was either going to kill him or sell out the world and i love that that were that was the stakes yeah like either the doctor dies or the world is sold out to these monks Mm -hmm. and Um, going back to going back to thin ice i liked that this episode all came down to Bill making a choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And only this time it wasn't kind of like on rails, the doctor being like, let's see what you do. But it was sort of like a training wheels are coming off. Like, okay, like Bill's going to make a call that's going to have massive repercussions. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it made sense. Cause like you could see her logic was like, well, if the doctor's gone, then the world is just well buggered. But like, if he's alive, there's a shot. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's uh, it's really it's really good. I really like. Yeah, this episode a lot. it was solid. It was really yeah. solid. I, I guess I'm just. I guess with the whole the problem with these multi part episodes is I'm always hesitant to do like a full analysis of it. Um, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But but yeah, uh, we 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 super don't think Nardole's dead, right? <laughs> no, I don't think so. He just I remember, has human lungs, right? He's just robot dude yeah they're gonna have to reset them yeah Yeah, they just have to reset (laughs) he's gonna make like that old windows noise (laughs) (laughs) oh i um i like that they they use this as an opportunity to like wrap up the the blindness thing because like the doc the only reason the doctor is blind is because he was saving bill so i think that she feels like she needs to save him now Oh, that's mm. so good. He yeah. goes blind saving her and yeah. he gets his sight back because she saves yeah, him. Oh, I really like that. that. Is, oh, that's phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I, I'm and I'm really excited about next week's episode. Uh, it reminds me of that episode um, of uh, series three, the the finale where Martha is like on the road in the post. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Just kind of Bill's. I like Bill's like r- like James Cameron look. Yeah. Like her, yeah. Even her afro was like subdued. Like it was like a business afro. Right. <laughs> business afro. Um yeah, no, it's it's it looks really it looks really good. I'm 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 excited about next week. And not only am I excited about next week as sort of like the payoff to all of this and mm-hmm. and after seeing two episodes of build up, but it's I'm also excited because it's written by Toby Whithouse. Yes. Yeah, that's super interesting that the through line of this of this three parter, like I, I, it's interesting that he had different people come in and help him. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. It's uh it's really cool. Also, uh we we talked a lot about um the monks last week and we kept calling them uh zombies. Right. Um and uh I think I think this episode makes it pretty obvious that they're mummies, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I feel I feel really stupid. I think a, a listener pointed out uh last week was like, "Aren't they like mummies?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, I guess." Oh, I do remember a, 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 a listener a listener very politely and very decently pointed out that the the spacesuit people weren't zombies because it was the suits. They were just corpses. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. We called them zombies um, too. Zombies is kind of a catch-all. Yeah. If they're dead yeah. and they're walking, they're just zombies until proven yeah, otherwise. Right. <laughs> uh I did really like that line in this where they were like, uh if you if you were made to look like if you made yourselves to look like us, why do you look like corpses? And they're like, Because you're all already dead. And I was like, Oh yeah. my god, that's <laughs> messed up. <laughs> <laughs> I really I really liked that. I thought that was really yeah. good. Oh, another thing that I really like about the these two parts so far is using um really prominent landmarks as um like cool sci-fi concepts. Like last week we had the Vatican and this week we have like a pyramid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um and I think Doctor Who does that often and I I always like it when they do like take things that are kind of recognizable and then turn them into aliens. Mhm. Absolutely. Yeah. I I'm I'm just really excited to see uh next week's episode. I'm excited for a new Toby Woodhouse. Mm -hmm. It's been a really long time. Um and uh I mean it looks it looks good. It I mean Missy's back. Uh it looks like we're inside the vault. Nice. Uh, Cuz she's got her piano. Um, yeah. So looks like we're inside the vault, and uh, I'm excited to see how this master thing turns out. If if we're getting that team up in next week's episode, or if that's coming later, or what what the deal with that is. Um, but I'm I'm just I'm really pumped about the back half of this season. Mm -hmm. uh, there's only four episodes after next week. No. Um. <laughs> so it'll be it'll be interesting to see how all of this wraps up um there was a couple of uh i i i, I really i should have i should have thrown them up on the on the slack board but there was a couple of uh of news items i thought that were pretty interesting oh okay go ahead um god i'm, I'm trying to find the article but there was one that was about um so we, so we've been kind of talking about uh the show going forward mm -hmm. uh like the show is kind of in a I don't know what the ratings are like for this week, but you know it, it's kind of not the ratings powerhouse that it was during the the Matt Smith era, right? And so we were kind of talking about like, oh no, like is the BBC starting to like lose faith in the show? But I, I read something that said that there was like a weird, boring BBC like press oh, release. Oh right, the the, yeah. the Chinese uh, they 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 sold rights to Doctor Who to China in like all the way up to series fifteen. Yeah, like 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 twenty twenty two or something. Wow. Yeah. So the, the so the show has technically been renewed for five more seasons. Um like sort of low key renewed for five seasons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh and and I think that basically that tells me almost without a doubt that we're not getting Bill back next season. She's just gonna be a one and done. And that our companion will probably be Chinese. 
oh. which will be cool. Like I think that like I, I I love the idea of having a Chinese. I mean, we've we've talked about that, like having some sort of Asian uh, companion for a long time. Um, but uh, I'm I'm I think that doing selling to the to the to the Chinese, like I I really like the idea of that. Um, you know, causing the the show to have like a Chinese companion for the first time ever. Yeah, and I feel like they were kind of lightly setting that up this week just by the show kind of being like, hey, just so you know, other countries do matter in this universe. Mm-hmm. This isn't, I know it's been this way in the past, but this isn't just a universe where, you know, the, the United Kingdom's ultimate destiny has come true and they have colonized all of space and time. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Bring on, uh, bring on a female doctor and a Chinese companion next season. I'm on board. So speaking of female doctor, Scott, uh, this is coming courtesy of Comic Book Resources. Uh, oh. So there was some news a little bit ago that, uh, like at a con or something, uh, Haley Atwell mentioned that she would be interested in playing the next doctor. Uh, recently, uh, according to, oh, who did she say this to? But whatever. Um Oh, I, oh! At the Heroes and Villains Fan Fest in London, Atwell said, "Quote that I don't want to play it anymore." She said, "I no, it's just not my thing, but I really respect it. I'm a big fan of Phoebe Waller Bridge, though. There were talks of her being the next Doctor, and she's so funny and eccentric and unique. I can't really see anyone other than her playing the role." Did it? Did it just get like too real for her? Like, what happened? Who? Who know? I mean, like, I was kind of, and then this kind of, this is off topic, but um, that reading that made me kind of like, what's Haley Atwell been up to? And like, kind of not much. Yeah, no, no nothing, nothing, because she had that show that got canceled like yeah. super quick. Yeah, because it was and so. It, it seemed like all of the ducks were lining up to have her take over the role but mm-hmm. now if she's saying that she's not interested either they made an offer and it wasn't enough for her and her agent um or uh she really didn't think that it would ever happen mm-hmm. and then when they offered it to her she was like oh no 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 i don't or, actually want to yeah. do this no or maybe it's as simple as uh like maybe she relocated to la for the the the, the procedural thing and maybe mm. she just doesn't want to go back. Maybe she's like, well, no, I'm, I'm going to stay in L.A. Yeah, that's that's entirely possible, too. I don't want to um, go to Cardiff. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I watched uh, a ton of stuff with uh, with uh, Phoebe Waller. Uh, oh, you watched Fleabag? Yeah, I watched Fleabag and I watched her other shows on Netflix. She has two other shows on Netflix. She has two other shows? Yeah, yeah, because she's, yeah. a, she's a writer. She's a writer actress. Um, that's and amazing. so. She like writes a show. She was like started as a playwright, I guess. Okay. And then she, the BBC was like, make a show. And so she made a show and did six episodes. And they're like, make another show. Wow. So she made well, you're another a show. dirty flea bag. Yeah. And then, and then they did, and then she did flea bag. Um, but and now she's uh, in the Han Solo movie. Yeah. Now, now she's playing a droid in the Han Solo movie, um, which is really cool. But yeah, I, I, I would really get on board with her uh, playing the character. I think, I think she would do a really great job mm-hmm. because um, Haley Atwell's right. Like she does have that sort of uh, X factor. Yeah. 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 That's sort of like that X factor. And like, I would have loved Haley Atwell in the role cause it would have been sort of a different kind of 
vibe like as like a like a adventurer yeah, doctor, yeah like, a, like, a, like, a, like, a, like an like an aviatrix style doctor yeah which i think would have been a really cool way of uh doing the first yeah. female doctor i'll fly around um, the world but uh but yeah i mean I, she definitely uh phoebe waller like she has a that uh, she can play that sort of more which is weird because if you've seen fleabag you're like what wait what what are you talking about <laughs> but i could see her playing the sort of like asexual nature of the doctor yeah 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 the kind of like the doctor should always kind of be slightly above sexuality <laughs> right right which is which is which is uh, i think a surprising thing to say if you've seen any of her shows which are all very much about sex and her sex life right right, right. um fleabag is literally about a, a character who is like obsessed with sex and it's ruining her life um <laughs> Uh, but, but it's hopefully Han Solo as well. She just is like, yeah, a right. Droid. <laughs> the, the droid, just like a sex Why, droid or something. In movies, um, there's never any cleanup. It's so unrealistic. Bleep, bleep, bleep. bleep. <laughs> um, and Han Solo is just like, oh my God. <laughs> but I, I, uh, I can, I can see it. I could see her as the doctor and, and I think it would be. It would be a really good choice. I'm just, I'm really, uh, we're getting to the point. I know what they're doing. They're not wanting to announce who the new doctor is until this season is over. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, because they don't want to take away from Capaldi. Uh, but I, I'm ready for them to announce it because, you know, we're, we're at a point now where uh, we know, everyone knows they've cast someone because there's no way that they haven't. Um, yeah, like point. somewhere, it's, it's somewhere in the close. U yeah. somewhere in the UK, some like thirty-year-old, maybe late twenty-year-old actor is like walking around Tesco's, just like giggling. Right. <laughs> someone, someone has been cast. Someone out there knows that they're the next Doctor, and uh, I'm I'm ready for them to tell us. I yeah. wonder if they're gonna do. A live announcement show like they did with Capaldi. That was weird. It was weird, but I liked it. I, I thought did. it was fun. Well, it, it's funny you bring that up because I was actually thinking if in the event that there isn't some kind of, which I really hope they do because it'll be so tight. But if if there isn't some kind of like 11th hour, like where we see the new doctor in the final moments of the finale. Mm -hmm. Would we be interested in doing like like an like an NFL draft style episode where we just kind of like oh talk. yeah that would be fun yeah i could i could get into that what do, what do you think Cass? um i don't think i know enough about the like the rumored actors is the only well, thing it'd be, it'd be cool if we each like brought our like top three yeah and then just to see if any of us were mm -hmm. right you know because like <laughs> who who had peter capaldi on their on their That's ballots true. yeah everybody everybody oh did. really okay yeah he was the favorite Oh, okay. That's why. That's why when he was first announced, I was a little disappointed because I was like, "Oh, really? Oh, because like, it wasn't just like the a guy surprise. everyone thought it was going to yeah. be." Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> ladies and um, gentlemen, uh, <laughs> Stanley. Oh, yeah, I was going to say Bill. I was going to say Bill Nighy, but that's not weird enough. It would have been like freaking like the Liam Neeson's son from Love Actually. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Well, I think uh, I think that wraps up uh, this episode. We'll be back next week to talk about the lie of the land. In the meantime, go to go to if you're on Facebook, go to the Facebook and join our Facebook group, the Doctor's Companion Listeners Listener Society. I don't know what I Whoa. called it. That that episode title is already starting to make more sense 
as like now that I know what the first two chapters are about. Mm. Oh, yeah. Like the lie of the land. I'm already like, oh, that could mean this and this or this. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, it's it's a good title. It's a good title. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so oh, go, and the, the pyramid at the end of the world also like it straight up sounds like a Douglas Adams book. And I love it. Yeah, it's a good. It's I'm sorry. Keep a it good title. Um, so, uh, yeah, you, 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 you messed up my flow. All right. Well, anyway, <laughs> yeah, the Doctor um, Who listener. We'll, we'll be group. back next week with the lie of the land. Bye everybody. Bye. Bye.